Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh did you want to? Sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. Next time. I'm in love with you. Snap out of it. I'll have what she's having. Too many guys think they're a concept, or I complete them, or I'm gonna make them alive. But I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me yours. Caustic wit is my religion. I would make a great queen because I am so stubborn. I say when it comes to stardom and Lauren, there are no accidents. Hi, Karen Peterson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Citizen Dame, the podcast where it is all holidays right now. We've just been talking about holiday movies uh, pretty much since the beginning of the season, whatever this is. Is this December? It feels like it's been March for a thousand years, so I, I don't know anymore. I, uh, yeah, I have no concept <laughs> of time. Um, so this is the podcast where we have no concept of time, like the rest of the world right now. <laughs> I am Lauren Humphreys Brooks, and with me as always is Karen Peterson. Hello, Karen. Hello. It is cold and snowy here. How is it there? So... I'm sitting here with my space heater on because it's freezing in my apartment. But according to Alexa, it's oh, I just woke her up. Whoops. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be 73 today. So yeah. Okay, it was five this morning. <laughs> like I woke up and I looked at my I looked at the little you know weather channel app on my phone and it was five. <laughs> Earlier this week, someone tweeted this video. It's like CCTV video of um, like just this chain of a very slow traffic collisions happening on this street. Yeah. It's like it started with a bus, <laughs> and then it's like the, some cars, and I think a snowplow gets in the mix and stuff. And I'm looking at this video, and I'm like, "Wait, that's Montreal. I recognize that bus. I know exactly <laughs> where that intersection is." because <laughs> i lived there for one winter and um i don't ever like i also spent six winters in utah i don't have any interest in ever living anywhere that snows ever again for the rest of my life like <laughs> i don't mind visiting the snow it's fine but i don't have any desire to live in the cold it's it's so awful i hate it so much like <laughs> I crack up in the movie when Harry met Sally, like at the end when he's professing his love and he's like, I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees. I'm like, yep, yep, that's that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you thin-skinned people in California. Oh, yes. You don't even know. You don't know. You don't know. Up here, it's like, ooh, black eyes. Oh, really? Well, hold my beer and watch this. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I actually like the snow in a lot of ways, although um, it, it is, it's very cold. This, this is my problem right now. If it's like 30 degrees, I'm like, all right, sure. You know, it's pretty, it's nice. You can walk around outside. Like I said, it was five this morning. And I was like, this is bullshit. This is not fair. Anyways. I like the idea of snow, <laughs> <laughs> but then when it actually happens, I'm like, no, no, this is not how I pictured it in my head at all. <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's the thing I am out of. So I'm, I'm not in the city right now. And uh, the area that my parents live, which is where I grew up, doesn't, did not get hit with the, like Binghamton, which is several hours south of us, got 40 inches we got maybe eight, six, oh, six okay. to eight, something like that. So it's much more manageable level of snow. Yeah. 
but still yeah it, it's it's just it's just I'll, a little much i'll never forget the storm where it was when i was living it was actually kind of outside of montreal it was in this like town that um was much more rural but really close to the city um you could get to the city in like 20 minutes but it was it just felt so completely different you know so it felt really far away but um one time we were stuck in our in our apartment because it was a huge snowstorm and we got 48 out 48 inches of snow in eight hours and we kept having to like shovel off our porch otherwise it would have collapsed because there was storage underneath it and so we had to like keep shoveling the porch i have this one picture of me where it's up to my knees and i'm just like this is great and then later when i had to drive like you know i was just like no this sucks i hate this <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing it's the snow is very nice as long as you can stay inside in the warm if you yeah. have to go out at all for any reason it's like fuck this why they're human beings were not meant to live like this it's so true it's so um, true yeah so with that in mind uh we are going to spend most of this episode talking about holiday movies christmas movies non-christmas movies just movies that are generally centered around the holidays um, but before that, I really wanted to address um, something. <laughs> <laughs> the finale of the Baby Yoda show, uh, season finale of the Baby Yoda show, which premiered yesterday, actually, although Twitter managed to spoil it for me within like, I think, an hour of me getting up. luckily i managed to avoid the spoilers until i'd watched the show which i did not watch first thing in the morning so i don't and i was on twitter so i don't know how i managed to avoid the specifics i don't know either like there there were certain like there were it's not like they spoiled every single plot beat right but definitely some of the big reveals although i kind of new sort of guest already because because of the way that the star wars universe works um and things like that but well, at least like, they didn't do the one thing that was rumored but we'll talk about that in a second <laughs> <laughs> but so just like to alert everybody if you have not watched the final episode of the season of the mandalorian you know skip uh our the next probably 10 minutes of discussion because we are going to spoil it because i have thoughts yes right now yes. <laughs> yes. uh so that's just a spoiler warning so at the end of this episode of course luke skywalker shows up which was fine i kind of predicted it because there are literally three jedi in the entire universe that were not killed by order 66 yes yeah, so you're just like okay well it's not that one chick and it's not leia because carrie fisher has passed on so it's gotta be Luke because he's like the only Jedi, essentially. <laughs> so Luke shows up, you know, it's like, we're gonna well, I'm gonna, you. sorry, I'm gonna pause you there for a second because there was a huge rumor that it was gonna be Mace Windu, which I think was not, I think it didn't start out as a rumor. I think it started out as just fanboy wish fulfillment and became this like oh my gosh this is what's gonna happen mace windu is the character played by samuel L. jackson who was defeated by the emperor and thrown out a window and in an interview a few years ago jackson was saying that he hoped he turned up in the sequels and someone's like but you died and he's like well but he could have landed on a ledge you never saw him die and fueled all this fire so then last night i was in this big conversation with my brother about how that's such a boy thing to bring back likely dead characters and like oh but not really you know anyway sorry go on 
Well, it's kind of like, you know, the, the reintroduction of Boba Fett in this, yep. this whole series that, which, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm, this is fan service. This is fan service, boys, by the way. This is not like, no, it's actually integral to the mythology of Star Wars. Like, no, it's fucking fan service because Boba Fett is an idiot. Yeah. He and has always been a party boat and fell into a hole and got eaten yeah. by a worm. And got eaten by a worm. Like, that's, that is the full he's defeated in one of the most ignominious ways <laughs> in in return of the jedi and and what's more he like i don't think he even has does he even have lines in the original star wars trilogy because he says something like i i don't even know like i can't <laughs> I, I just watched return of the jedi again like a week ago too i don't remember him having any lines of dialogue in that he's, one he's a non-character and for some reason he's been sort of elevated to an actual character by fanboys i guess i've never completely his understood toy it. was super cool like back in the 80s when they had all the action figures his toy was cool i remember my brother had it and then i guess in the novelizations that were canon and then were decanonized and then some of them still are canon i don't know i can't keep track of it um to me my canon is the movies if they don't talk about it in the movies it's not canon i don't care what happened in the books but anyway um but i guess there was this whole story about boba fett being like saved or whatever so this has been something that like star wars fans that have been like into the books and stuff and the comics and all that other have known quote unquote for 30 years that boba fett lived that's what my brother told me. I guess I never, I didn't really grow up with Star Wars in the same way as a lot of people did. And Boba Fett, like, I remember people talking about him as though he was this thing. It, it took me forever to figure out who the fuck Boba Fett was. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. <laughs> that's one of my issues with the, with what this show has done generally. Like you're saying, you know, we're going to bring back characters that have died mm -hmm. because reasons, I don't know, because you don't have an broader imagination i have no clue like why this is a thing i've asked a couple of boys about this recently by boys i mean grown adult men um <laughs> that are in my circle but i've asked them because this really does feel like such a boy thing i don't feel like girls do this nearly as much and um they the ones that i've talked to have all pretty much said well it's because we really liked that character we weren't ready to be done with that character and this so they have to still come up with a good story to explain why it would make sense for that character to come back i'm like but when have they ever actually come up with a good story to explain it they come up with a story but when is it actually a good one yeah exactly exactly and i don't even do they even give an explanation as to why Bubba fett survived he's just uh, like i've suffered it's like okay i'm certain I you were like digested by a worm <laughs> yeah well that's the thing like i don't remember and i might not have been paying attention because honestly in season two a lot of the time when baby yoda wasn't on the screen i was only half watching it um, and that was not intentional because i actually really like the show i think it's a lot of fun but uh just kind of how it's been this season but um but um i i know that there was a, a explanation in like the novels I don't know what that explanation was because I didn't read them, but to me, it felt like they were kind of explaining it in the early episode this season where um, Mando had to help the, the Jawas with that like cave monster thing. And there was 
I think that was uh, it. Yeah, and there was yeah, that yeah. whole thing with like a, a dead Sarlacc. And it was like, yeah, you can kill them and eat them. And so to me, it seemed like they were basically trying to explain without explaining that somewhere along the way, some, you know, somebody, some Jawas or something had gone and killed the Sarlacc and Boba Fett was still alive inside. Because it takes hmm. like a thousand years to digest in there or something. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. Whatever. But no, I, as far as I know, they didn't really explain it. They just kind of let it be. Yeah. Which, you know what? Fair enough. That that can happen. And sometimes you just, you're just like, yeah, he's back. Okay. Whatever. Uh, so the, the second element to, to this particular episode was the appearance of Luke Skywalker. And I thought that the CGI, the de-aging CGI, et cetera, was fine. Um, I was not, I, it, it was a little, uncanny but they didn't dwell on him for too long yeah which was helpful but is this the end of the baby yoda show i mean is the baby yoda show like no longer the baby yoda show because if this is just going to be about the mandalorian i do not give a shit like i just don't (laughs) well it's funny did you watch the end of the credits yeah the book of boba fett the book of boba fett the the book book of boba fett (laughs) Oh, man. Fett. <laughs> I was trying to type a text message to my coworker, and I was trying to write boba and it kept changing it to boobs <laughs> I was like no I do not want to talk to Nick about boobs um, <laughs> but anyway <laughs> yeah that would get HR on my ass anyway um, but uh, yeah so because this is the thing is like people were were have been talking does this mean that um that season three isn't going to be about mandalorian anymore and that it's actually going to switch over to boba fett and some people are like well is this going to be a completely separate show that they didn't just announce in that big investor meeting that they had and if that's the case the the timing is weird because it's like why didn't they just hold off on the announcements then they're waiting for this big surprise you know anyway there's a lot of questions about what that was to me obviously there's more to do with the mandalorian story because he just won the dark saber and yeah, now bo katan's gonna be after him and yeah exactly they they set they set that up so there's definitely an indication that that story right. is going to continue there and then like, yeah. yeah and then as far as baby yoda goes to me it seems like uh, yeah i think season three we're really not gonna see her him whatever um but i do think that baby yoda will be back in the show because first of all if either i'm gonna keep calling her she i don't care um either she uh is gonna be back in mandalorian or she's gonna have her own show because she's so damn cute i can't imagine that lucasfilm and star wars and disney are gonna be like yeah we're just never gonna have this a freaking adorable character that took the entire country by storm and united worlds uh (laughs) we're just not gonna give her to the audience again you know like so from a merchandising standpoint it's really stupid yeah it really to take baby yoda completely out of the world so i i agree it really is and and i was watching it's just like okay this it's kind of i mean i liked it i liked the you know relationship between the mandalorian and baby yoda yeah. But I was just like, look, guys, if you're not going to have Baby Yoda in this show, I do not give a shit. I do not <laughs> care. Like, this, the entire point of this show to me is Baby Yoda. 
I mean, so, they introduced Baby Yoda in the very first episode. It was at the very end, but it was it was intended as an oh my god, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life moment. Yeah. And to then think that they can build a show after that freaking cute creature is gone. No, it's not going to work. Now, uh, now I do support the return of Baby Yoda with like fucked up powers and stuff like that. And being like, Baby Yoda is just going to just going to choke some bitches and stuff like that. (laughs) I am down for that. I am down for that. But I am not down for like multiple episodes of no Baby Yoda. I just I mean, we kind of had that this season and it was not nearly as fun. Yeah, no, it was just ripoffs of like Wages of Fear and uh, Yojimbo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, so, I mean, still fun. I, I personally still enjoy the show. I think it's freaking hilarious that there was that whole, I don't even know if you heard about this, but there was that whole thing with Grace Randolph. I don't like to invoke her name, but she was insisting that like she had this source that said that Pedro Pascal yeah. like walked off the set and quit the show in the middle of the season and i love how then they're just like the last two episodes bam we're gonna show his face and prove it's him like, <laughs> i thought that was Mul- hilarious multiple times too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I i admit that in this particular case i've not been terribly impressed with this season um mostly because there's been a severe lack of baby yoda uh, there needed to be more Baby Yoda, but it just, just also I feel like they're repeating themselves a lot. And yeah, yeah. And you know, it's that problem that we were talking about um, the other day of using large sections of narrative to just basically reintroduce characters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. This season, it's very clear, is just a launching pad for other Star Wars shows that are coming, which we now know for sure are coming because they've been announced at this investor meeting that they had so it's not even speculation anymore but yeah that's exactly what this whole season has been about and i that's the thing it's like i don't believe that baby yoda won't be in season three but i'm also looking forward to not having plot because i'll still watch the show because i actually enjoy it and i think that pedro pascal is really hot and i want to see more of his face um but i i'm looking forward to a season where it's not every episode is like a creature of the week i'm gonna stick the baby with a babysitter and go off and fight and then come back so well if baby yoda gets mind-blowing powers and then can like participate in the fights then she baby won't yoda need a babysitter exactly is that baby yoda just sit there and be like i command all things <laughs> yep exactly which let's face it as soon as i did like the fact that as soon as mandalorian was like so they've taken the child everyone was like what the fuck are you talking i'm gonna fucking come with you we're gonna get those sons of bitches like just yep. like, i will i will destroy planets to save the baby exactly exactly um and yeah well so the other thing that i was i was thinking too and i was telling my brother about this too was like i think that baby yoda's the one that messed up snoke you know snoke in the sequels yeah i like that Um, i'd be down for that yeah it's like baby yoda just like came in and just like fuck you exactly and that's that's another reason why i think that we haven't seen the last of, of baby yoda um in mandalorian not just because i mean there's this connection with with 
Mando, but also we never hear of the name Rogu in the sequels. And Luke is all alone. And I do not believe that Baby Yoda dies. So Baby Yoda's out there somewhere. And, yeah. baby yoda's out there with with like his his trash can dad who's yep. just you know cruising around like <laughs> fucking things up basically exactly i will what say if, though what and... if baby yoda is snoke i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i will say too though that i did get emotional watching pedro pascal when he like took off the helmet was saying goodbye and i was just like no yeah that was sweet it. That yeah, was sweet. Definitely. That was good. <laughs> um, also, my thought on sorry, now we're just all sorts of all over the place, but um my thought on the book of Bo- Boba Fett, I said that right, okay. Um, is I don't think it's a show, and I don't think it's the next season of The Mandalorian. I think it's a holiday special. I would be into that. I would totally be into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it would be hilarious and it would be great because that's how Boba Fett was first introduced was in the Star Wars holiday special. The only thing about it is that... Is it really? Is that really how Boba Fett was first introduced? Yeah. Yeah. It was in the Star Wars special. Yeah. Which came out in December of 78. It was on TV. So it was in between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. And then he shows up in Empire Strikes Back. But yeah. He was introduced in the holiday special. (laughs) Mm-hmm. yep wow so i think that'd be great the only downside is and the only reason i would actually be interested in this potential like boba boba fett tv series is if ming na is a full-time like co-lead character because she's badass and i love her yeah i i really liked it. that that was one of the things that i appreciated about this episode is that most of the action is accomplished by women and not yes. just women but several women of color as well mm-hmm. so i was just like you know what this is cool this is nice to like actually see this in in a star wars franchise so yeah yeah definitely Anyway, that's all I have to say about uh, <laughs> that. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think that was so, a little longer than ten minutes. All right, so moving on. So that is that is the Mandalorian, and of course, you know, the next season will come out, and if Baby Yoda's not in it, I don't give a shit. Uh, moving on, let's let's talk about some holiday films because Christmas is coming up. The holidays are in full swing. There are all kinds of different holidays going on at this season. Um, it is time for Festivus. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> and and so of course, as a result, there are a lot of holiday movies. There are a lot of movies that like this is when this is that time of year when like they're everyone has particular family traditions for for films. So Karen, let's start with you. What are like some of your favorite holiday films? So uh, it's really funny because for years, my favorite was um, It's a Wonderful Life, which speaking of traditions, this is one that my mom and I pretty much every Christmas Eve, like we'll stay up after everyone else is gone. Cause we usually have like family dinner on Christmas Eve and and hang out and play some games and then um and uh then since i'm single i'll just like stay at my mom's house for the night so that i'm there on christmas morning and um 
so we'll stay up and wrap whatever presents we have left and we'll watch it's a wonderful life and it's just this like bonding thing so it's a fun tradition i love that movie i know you don't and that's okay um <laughs> but but yeah it's 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 one that i just I love it so much and for a lot of reasons one is that jimmy stewart will always always remind me of my grandpa and so it's like hard for me to ever not like a movie that has jimmy stewart in it um and uh, anyway but in recent years my favorite christmas movie has become elf and i mean <laughs> i have watched it like two times in a single day like probably even three times in a single day there was one christmas well one one year several years ago i was really struggling with depression and it was like the only thing i could handle watching that whole month it was i probably watched it like eight or nine times and it honestly it really got me through christmas that year and um and it's just one that i love it so much it's hilarious it's so sweet it's it's just yeah i i i crack up still laugh out loud when i'm watching it by myself and to me that's a mark of a really great comedy so and it's just cute and it's will ferrell's best movie don't at me um <laughs> yeah so those are a couple and then i'll i'll add in a couple more later but what are some yeah. years yeah no definitely no it's interesting that you mentioned elf because i love elf but i never remember elf uh, <laughs> how do you and, forget it it's on tv like all the time <laughs> well i don't have i have not had cable oh in, okay <laughs> like i don't know how many years <laughs> i guess that makes sense uh but yeah but I, I i love elf and i think that one of the one of the wonderful things about elf is that it could have been sort of sarcastic at some level but it really does bear out buddy's like whole sensation about the about the holiday about like how wonderful everything is and it's really sweet for that reason yeah. like there isn't that like just like oh isn't he an idiot it's just like no actually he's he's kind of right <laughs> you know yeah. we're gonna have hot chocolate and we're gonna eat cookie dough until we feel sick and <laughs> oh i love the part when he's like when he's leaving and he's like i'm sorry i ruined all of your lives and crammed 11 cookies into the vcr <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah he's just so earnest and it's yeah, not in exactly. a way like if if he were a real life person yeah that would get real old real fast and i would totally be a little bit on his dad's side but um that's because i'm a bit of a grinch um as much as i pretend not to be but uh but he's just so earnest and and wonderful and he just like lights up everything around him and that's why he's able to like burn through the cold cold walls of his father's heart you know and and yeah. and yeah and it's it's so great i love it it is it is definitely well one of my favorites is white christmas and i know white christmas has its issues and i think that there's no doubt about that it has far fewer issues than holiday inn which if you have seen um you realize <laughs> how many issues that film really does have yes uh but i i just love it it's it's such a warm happy film i adore danny k i said earlier on twitter just like i am going to talk about my unhealthy attraction to danny k Danny Kaye, particularly in White Christmas, is hot. Like, he just is. So hot. 
So okay, hot. good. Thank you. Yes, he's yes. so hot. And like the whole the whole dance that him and Vera Allen do, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And he's that. just he's charming and he's funny and goofy, but he's also very like sweet and charming and almost dashing. You're just like Danny Kay. Like mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's just one. I know it's it's like one of those quintessential Christmas movies, and I I always get choked up at the end when um when all the soldiers appear and then it snows and the general's crying and yeah it's when fun. they open the barn doors and it's yeah. just like totally coming down and the women are in those gorgeous red dresses and oh yes yeah it's just it's very very Christmassy so it it remains one of my favorite um. Uh, Christmas movies and I, I've even watched it outside of Christmas and it's all about how how we need snow at Christmas time <laughs> that's, like, yep. that's the entire plot <laughs> it's we need snow at Christmas time and we are gonna put on a show everybody <laughs> oh so, yeah so good I I love White Christmas another one that I really like uh for uh, different reasons is The Man Who Came to Dinner uh which have you seen The Man Who Came to Dinner I don't think I have. With okay, so it's Betty Davis and Monty Woolley and Ann Sheridan and Jimmy Durante, and basically the the plot is a critic. Uh, a, I mean, he's a critic. He's he is a uh, very acerbic New York critic, and <laughs> he goes to a family's house for dinner, and then winds up falling down the stairs outside and hurting himself so rather than him being actually taken back home he has to stay in their house and so basically his entire entourage including his secretary played by betty davis various friends uh and like playwrights etc show all show up at this house over the course of the christmas holidays um and he just he just drives everybody crazy with his demands and it's hilarious it actually is very warm and funny um but at the same time there's so much just like nasty sarcastic humor coming from all directions it's just a delightful (laughs) film uh yeah i I really recommend it if you have not seen it it is a great movie (laughs) nice yeah i will add that to the list uh, Jimmy Durante alone just like he shows up and he just kind of like blazes in and blazes out and it's great <laughs> um, so what are what are some of your others so some of my other I'm starting with well-known movies and then we can talk more about the less known ones but um, I really love Family Stone um, which is very much a different type of christmas movie because it's more serious um it does have some funny things and there's some ridiculous stuff like the the whole plot of like the brother and and sarah jessica parker hooking up and stuff is like uh, it just feels so far-fetched but also this family is kind of totally fucked up and i guess i can kind of see it too so but so I, it's done in such a way that i don't mind it so um yeah i i think what i love about it is that even though there's so much stuff that happens it's completely ridiculous it still really captures that whole sense of like people that come together for the holidays despite their differences um and that's just what you do at christmas time and you just you're the intention is that you kind of bury the hatchet but that 
rarely works out and things just kind of flare up and and uh yeah so i like that um and another one that i really like i know it's a remake i know the original is really great and probably better but i love the preacher's wife which was directed Uh by penny marshall it's got denzel washington it's got whitney houston and um courtney b vance i think plays the preacher in that one um but it's just such a i love that story and it's just so sweet and i really like the way that penny marshall takes that story which we know and love from the bishop's wife which had Cary grant in it and how do you do better than that but um she just makes it feel um i don't know she just makes it feel more not more but just relevant in our time and also one of the things that i think about is how how many christmas movies are centered around white families and it's so rare to i mean i know that they're out there but finding movies that are set at christmas time that are not about white people pretty hard and i love that Mm -hmm. penny marshall didn't just remake the bishop's wife she remade it for a reason and gave gave us this beautiful family story that's not about white people yeah i agree i mean i also love the bishop's wife um yeah because yeah carrie grant (laughs) (laughs) and you're just like oh yeah i would definitely be torn between my husband david niven (laughs) and my and the angel who shows up Cary Grant (laughs) this is difficult Uh (laughs) oh no like Loretta Young is going like oh no oh this is terrible (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I I I agree and also now I've I've heard uh good things about Jingle Jangle the new Netflix film I have too I've not watched it yet it's definitely one that I'm gonna watch this week yeah, me too. It's but I yeah, so I haven't seen it yet, but it's um it's again not white people, uh which is nice because yeah. white people seem to dominate Christmas because of course we do. Uh we tend to do that with just about everything. We apologize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <clears throat> uh, uh, another one that I wanted to mention and it's it's a Christmas movie. It's a holiday movie. It's literally called Holiday. Uh is holiday from 1938 starring Cary Grant and with Katherine Hepburn and it is just a I I consider it to be kind of a Christmas movie in the sense that it's very much about what do you do with the with wealth like you become wealthy what do you do with the money that you have and what does that mean and what um uh you know how do you actually live life right? Versus just constantly accumulating money. And that's what a lot of that movie is about. It's also just incredibly charming. It's Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant just having a wonderful time together um, and sort of skewering upper-class pretensions, skewering um, the just constant consumption, skewering like not having fun. Part of the whole thing is that Cary Grant's character is very much just wants to have fun. You know, he's worked his entire life and he's gotten very lucky and he's like, okay, I want to do something with that now. I want to have a good time. Uh, and, and it's sort of a celebration of that. And so I, I really like that movie. And it's on Criterion Channel right now. Nice. Okay. I'm going to watch it. 
As is, I had no idea, it is apparently a remake. It was, um, there's a 1930 film of the same name that is the same story, which I have not seen yet. So, but that one is also on Criterion Channel. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, others that I love, you know, Home Alone, of course, um, The Grinch, both the the 60s cartoon, and I actually really like the Ron Howard, Jim Carrey movie. I know that people hate it, but I really enjoy it. I think it's fun. Um, I like Love Actually. Yes, I know it's got so many problems. There's so many things wrong with that movie, but I love it. And yeah <laughs> love, love actually is is one of those where i'm just sort of like i'm just gonna sort of look at it half like with my head sort of turned to the side and just like yes i'm enjoying this <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> i'm gonna look at the pretty people i'm not gonna think about all the stuff that's really fucked up in this movie it's fine <laughs> well it's it's like home alone when you really take a step back you're just like this is actually really fucked up yeah like oh, yeah. Like, oh my god this poor kid <laughs> Yeah, the fact that they could leave, a, I mean, I guess they set it up, there's a power outage, they wake up late, they're going to be late to the plane, whatever, but still, a mother forgot her child when they left on a family <laughs> vacation, and he's and he, eight years old. I was going to say, he's like not, and this is not even, you know, oh, he's 14, it's like, no, he's like a child child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's alone in a house. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is they do set it up really well so that you don't have to suspend that much disbelief to believe that it could happen. But that's actually part of the problem is that the way they tell it is like you could believe that that mother <laughs> would forget her kid. Like That's a fucked up family. <laughs> it really is. And then the second film actually draws that out even more. Yeah, no, I loved when uh, that came up on Twitter. Was that yesterday? And someone yeah. was talking about him not tipping and stuff. And you were, you jumped in with the the parents teaching. And I was like, I was totally about to blame the parents too. Cause that's exactly it. Like he learned that from mom and dad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that people miss the fact that actually the, the, uh, the hotel workers are doing their jobs they're doing the yeah. right thing and in fact at one point um the tim curry character i can't remember the character's name but he's the hotel he's the concierge uh -huh. and and he's like are you here alone like he's he's really <laughs> earnestly trying to figure out if this kid and he's supposed to be the villain and everything just like i think he's the good guy actually because <laughs> yeah he's actually the like, hero of the movie <laughs> there's like this small child who's checking in with all with credit cards and stuff A like stolen like, credit card yeah it's like I don't are you all right like, what should I do and he's sort of torn between you know doing his job and also being concerned for a small child yep well and then that whole thing and this is what came up on on Twitter yesterday that whole thing with Rob Schneider's character is this bellman who he you know does his job and then he's waiting for a tip which is part of the culture and he's set up the movie makes it seem like he, and partly because of Kevin's reaction and partly just the way that it's staged that like he's wrong to be asking for it and he shouldn't just demand a tip and it's like but this is how his job works <laughs> maybe yeah, the problem exactly. is that we tip <laughs> like maybe if you paid people an actual wage and not just make them rely on tips then you wouldn't have this problem exactly and this is the plaza also right so this yeah. is a very high class hotel this is not like the Hilton or anything like that this is not like a 
this is for wealthy people. And yeah, so for exactly. him to ask for a tip from wealthy people is like normal. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Anyways, yes. yeah, Home Alone, Home Alone, when you take a step back from Home Alone, just like, this is all kinds of weird. Enjoy right? the crap out of both of them. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy both of those movies so much, but yes, when you like really think about it, it's like, mm, yeah, these are pretty messed up. <laughs> yep. I, I did just want to give a quick shout out to um, my favorite Muppet Christmas movie, which is not Muppet Christmas Carol, although I do like that too, um, but A Muppet Family Christmas, which is like this, it's basically a TV special. I think it's maybe an hour long, 45 minutes, something like that. Um, but it's basically all of the Muppets, and that includes all of the like characters from Sesame Street as well, go to a house. I think it's to Fozzie's grandma's house or Fozzie's aunt's house something like that for Christmas right and it's like everybody has to get there for Christmas but then there's a snowstorm and Miss Piggy leaves too late and she's like <laughs> in this car and she's got to like hike through the snow and all this and it's it's ridiculous and it's a lot of fun and it's one of those that I've watched ever since I was a kid um and and like they also at one point Robin meets the Fraggles from Fraggle Rock and it's yeah it's fantastic <laughs> I love it I love a Muppet family Christmas because everyone gets together and like the there's this whole subplot where the Swedish chef is trying to cook a turkey but the turkey is like running away and then tries to convince him to cook Big Bird instead <laughs> I don't I remember it. it but I know I've seen it because I've seen like every single Muppets thing ever um yeah it's great. including a very very or very whatever the muppet one was back in the early 2000s it was another tv special and it was like <laughs> it was like the main plot was basically it's a wonderful life but then it had it referenced all these other movies in it too like moulin rouge <laughs> i think piggy like works <laughs> yeah because it's like they lose the muppet theater and then Kermit feels all bad about it. And so he's thinking, you know, the whole thing, like, I wish I'd never been born or whatever. And so then he gets to see what it would be like. And yeah, I think Piggy is the lead dancer at the Moulin Rouge. I, if I remember that correctly. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. It's messed up, but it's, it's the Muppets. You can't, like, hate it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So definitely Muppet Family Christmas. Well, Let's talk about a few of the lesser known films. And we actually put this out there on Twitter. Yeah. And, and asked about like, what are some lesser known, lesser talked about holiday films that, you know, deserve some love. And one of the ones that came up is actually one that I have not seen yet, but it's been on my list for ages. Um, Tokyo Godfathers. This was I haven't seen it either. Yeah, this was suggested by uh, at BLC Agnew. And Tokyo Godfathers is, is basically like about, three uh, homeless people who discover a newborn child and go on a search for the baby's parents. And it's supposed to be wonderful, like also kind of weird and sort of off kilter, but still also wonderful. Uh, so that was one that Brendan suggested. And, and I'm gonna take that suggestion because I really wanna see it. I believe it's uh, streaming on Crackle actually. Oh, okay. Uh, another one that you wanted to talk about was Mixed Nuts. Yes. And I watched this again last night for the first time in several years. And I stand by it. This movie, oh, man, it like breaks my heart that uh, 
it only has a 10% on Rotten Tomato. Like probably this is the most, um, like the lowest rated movie that I love, like legitimately love. <laughs> so, um, it, it's, uh, it's Nora Ephron and it's from 94. So this is after Sleepless in Seattle and, and some other things. This is just kind of this weird little Christmas movie that's tucked into her filmography. And she, so she directed it and she co-wrote it with her sister, Delia. And um, it's, <laughs> it's um, an adaptation of a French film from the 80s that I have not seen. But uh, from what I've heard, it's pretty much like a like a total spot-on remake so it's very much like the original movie um but uh it's it's set at this suicide prevention hotline on christmas eve it's steve martin rita wilson and madeline Kahn all work at this place and they're basically their office is set up in this apartment in venice beach california and i love that it's set in venice beach because that place is weird it's so weird it's it's not like any other part of la it's just got this very strange personality all to its own and that's so fitting for this story and it feels like this movie couldn't work if it was set anywhere else um because you've got like there's all these references to this um the seaside strangler the serial killer that's running around um that everyone's kind of talking about but not taking really seriously because you know that's just how you how you are when there's a serial killer like you know it's out there but you're not really afraid he's gonna come after you um juliette lewis plays this really quirky girl who lives i think she lives in the building and she's dating anthony lapalia and they're about to have a baby and um and gosh who else is even in it um it's adam sandler as like his like goofy the same type of character that you see in billy madison and some of his other films that he was a star in this is like before all of those but he gets to be that character in this movie where like no one else (laughs) it's like it shouldn't work in this movie and yet somehow it does because this it's just such a weird group of people and then the one thing that i think is is um bears discussion is you have Leah schreiber who plays a trans woman and i think that there are definitely some some things about that that are worth discussing what's interesting is when you contextualize the film to 1994 when it came out um i think that they handle that subplot surprisingly well um i mean steve martin it's definitely used as a the intention is to be um odd and kind of funny because there's this whole plot where um she chris is her name she shows up at the office of the suicide line and she's flirting with steve martin's character and he clearly is is repulsed by this and even at one point like very rudely refers to her as a man and uh, but it's 
but like then there's other characters that really accept her and so for like thinking about when this came out and the way that we talked about trans people in the 90s it's like wow this is actually surprisingly progressive um and it's interesting because i went back and i was reading some reviews from the time and they all refer to chris as a cross-dresser i'm like oh my gosh wow we've changed a lot since then we we understand so much more since then and um so then i was really curious you know to know what trans people think of this character and the response that i was able to find was generally really positive and so i was like okay cool this is good and yeah and so it's it's interesting that it was like in that regard i feel like it was a little bit ahead of its time um but the movie is weird it's so weird and it's just kooky and in to me in the best ways and people were i think mad because it's not like hilariously like laugh out loud from start to finish but i think it's very funny and there are moments that i mean madeline khan gets stuck in an elevator and <laughs> everyone knows she's stuck in the elevator nobody really cares <laughs> she's like playing on this like <laughs> microphone thing and just like free like trying to freestyle rap like she's oh it's so great yeah no it's <laughs> I love this movie you should watch it <laughs> this, this actually sounds amazing you know it's really funny i remember this movie being in the video store uh -huh. and picking it up numerous times this is like way 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 back when right when we saw it, video stores <laughs> yeah. um, and picking it up numerous times and never renting it because the actual box it had like steve martin on the cover but then you turn it over and there's no description of the film <laughs> it was just like i forget it was someone else it was like madeline connor someone else on the back cover and so there's no actual like what is this movie about you know it's just oh my sense. gosh that's so funny so but it actually it sounds i don't know it sounds appealing in, in a lot yeah. of ways yeah no it is and it makes me it's one of those that i feel like it's starting to have a new life like it, it was so derided by the critics when it came out and and then knowing that they didn't even really like try to market it on the box of the movie um because i never noticed that noticed that but um i i think that because when i mentioned it yesterday on twitter someone else was like oh yeah on this podcast they were talking about it and i watched it and so uh and then it's funny because then i was scrolling through letterbox last night and just looking at kind of what the sentiment was there from film fans and they're definitely it's still low rated and there are a lot of people who hate it but it seems like there are so many people who have just recently watched it who have been really positive on it so i feel like i feel like it's getting new life and i hope so because yeah. it's, it's a great cast oh it's an amazing cast yeah and and then there's like these random, you know, sort of cameos. Jolie Fisher's in it for like two minutes. Rob Reiner, <laughs> like, it's yeah, it's great. Hmm. I, I well, I'm I'm definitely gonna check it out. That sounds awesome. that sounds I mean, like a lot of fun. Madeline Kahn, if nothing yeah, exactly. else, Madeline Kahn is the reason to watch it. <laughs> exactly, Madeline Kahn makes everything better. Like it doesn't even yep. matter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, so another one that was mentioned, and I, I do love this movie, is uh, Christmas in Connecticut. This was also, also mentioned by um, mm -hmm. FBLC Agnew. 
Christmas in Connecticut, which is a 1945 film starring Barbara Stanwyck and Dennis Morgan about a, um, a city magazine writer who pretends to be a farm wife. And then she, basically this, this soldier who has been, I believe he's been injured and he's finally coming home and he's like this decorated uh, hero. And all he wants is like a Christmas in Connecticut is like this home cooked meal. And so her publisher sets her up to do this. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not actually a farm wife and mother. I don't know how to cook. Uh, and it kind of all spirals outward from that. And they wind up in this cabin in, uh, in Connecticut that is actually owned by a friend of hers. And there's all of this stuff that happens. It's very funny. And it is also like, there's all of this seething sexual tension throughout the entire film. The second she meets Dennis Morgan, you're just like, oh my God, she's gonna like eat him alive. Like, <laughs> like it's that intense. You're like, holy shit, like this is Barbara Stanwyck being like sex positive, <laughs> uh, which is quite surprising for a 1945 Christmas movie, but it is a wonderful film. Um, I actually, last year, I believe I recorded a, a, a special podcast with Kristen about this, um, like a, a whole long discussion about it. And it, it's, yeah, it's lovely. It's awesome. Lovely. I know I've seen it, but it was seriously probably once when I was a kid. For some reason, I just have not watched it again. So, yeah. I, I recommend watching it again because you probably get a lot more of the jokes because there is a lot yeah. of like sexual innuendo <laughs> running around that cabin. I will do that. Uh, another one that was mentioned is um, at Reese Pie mentioned Holiday Affair, which I have not seen, but it either. is the it is a Robert Mitchum Janet Lee Christmas movie. What? Robert yeah. Mitchum, sign me up. Robert Mitchum, and this was apparently <laughs> I was reading up on this. This was apparently um, kind of his. It was one of his few departures from film noir right he was a very big film noir star at the time um and there is rumor that the reason why he made this film was because this was directly after he had been busted for marijuana <laughs> and he kind of needed to revivify his image and he also needed to pay back some fines <laughs> oh my uh, gosh oh my gosh it's on hbo max which i now have thank you <laughs> We didn't even which, talk about that big news. Yeah, which I am going to get because I need to see Wonder Woman. But so yeah, uh, Holiday Affair. Like a lot of people really like it and apparently Mitchum is lovely. So I need to watch this. Yes, I am adding it to my HBO Max queue right now. <laughs> um, so at Gamecock Mitch, uh, Michelle uh, recommends The Family Stone, which you which you just talked about. Um Brian Settles at Brian Settles 88 uh, mentions Klaus. Oh, Klaus, yes. Which Did I watched that. I haven't seen it yet. It's so good. The animation is beautiful. And it's, um, it's this, it, it really surprised me. The story isn't exceptionally like new or original. It's this, uh, I'm trying to remember because I only watched it once last year, but um it's like there's this guy and he is trying to become a postal worker i think and he ends up getting sent out to like the middle of nowhere which ends up being like basically where basically santa claus this toy maker lives and he ends up he starts this uh postman he starts fulfilling children's wishes because they're writing letters to santa claus and he starts delivering them toys and it's kind of 
kind of an origin of Santa Claus type movie and it's really heartwarming and it's so good and like I said it's really pretty I had heard really good things about it and so I very much want to see it so um but yeah that's one I still haven't watched I haven't watched a lot of more recent holiday films (laughs) I realized (laughs) yeah most of mine are like the classics and and like films that you know I watched when I was a kid um so the another one is uh at ryan mcdermott recommends the holly and the ivy from 1952 and this is one that i again have not seen but it has been on my queue for ages uh it's a i believe it's a british film and basically it's about a family like a whole family coming back home for christmas like that's the essential thing so it's like a um uh, kind of a dysfunctional family, but from 1952, and it's a British drama. So it sounds really, really interesting. It, it stars Ralph Richardson, Celia Johnson, and Margaret Layton, which if you know British film from that period, which you might not, um, it those are fairly big names. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so It's available they, on Canopy. Okay. And also, by the way, Christmas in Connecticut is also is available on Fubo and Watch TCM. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's a lovely film. And Klaus is on Netflix because that was a Netflix movie. So, any others that you just wanted to give a shout out to, Karen? Um, yeah. Let me see. I had had a few others that are not necessarily great movies, but just that I enjoy watching for various reasons. Um. Oh, actually one that I love and I just watched again this week with a friend was The Holiday, which has oh, yeah. been a big subject of conversation this week because of that whole Nancy Myers thing with her daughter, which I don't know, that was weird. But um, but The Holiday is just such a sweet movie and it's, I mean, Jack Black, I don't know what it is about that guy, but I love him. <laughs> and Jude Law is so hot. <laughs> and Kate Winslet and and um it really makes me miss Cameron Diaz because I don't think I really realized how much I enjoy Cameron Diaz until she stopped doing movies Mm -hmm. um but this one it's just it's sweet it's um it's funny but it deals with real human emotions in a relatable way you know I mean I've definitely been that girl that I like Kate Winslet that has just pined for some dude who clearly doesn't care that much and just stringing you along, you know, like I've been that girl and I've, you know, like there's just a lot that I feel like I could relate to in it. And, Mm. but it's, it's just also so sweet and I love Eli Wallach in it and yeah. You know, thinking about Jack Black, I think Jack Black in a lot of his films and just in, in like his personality and everything comes off as that guy who's a bit of a doofus, uh-huh. but is really sweet and yeah. is like going to like, he's, he's the kind of guy that you're just like, he will be the best husband and father ever. Like he will like love his kids, love his wife, be like absolutely there all the time and be a bit of a dork about it, but is just he's that kind of a, a person right yeah, that's, that's love, the role that he tends to play definitely and i love that he doesn't take himself too seriously but not in a way that like he's he's always like the 
butt of every like physical sight gag type joke like he just he's willing to just like put himself out into sort of self-deprecating bits but in ways that are not i don't know like not normal like he's not just the guy that's always fallen over and clumsy or something yeah. like that like there, there's just there's a deeper level to it and yeah. you see that in the holiday because he's really sweet in that but then just in other movies too like the way that he does the jumanji movies and he has no problem basically playing a teenage girl <laughs> and, he does and he's it really well i was gonna say he's good at it <laughs> yeah wow yeah absolutely so any others that you wanted to shout out um let's see oh last christmas paul feig last christmas came out last year it's i watched that again this week too because it's on hbo max and it's still sweet and i think that the problem with the movie is that they should they shouldn't have relied so much on this twist because first of all you could see it a mile away in the trailers and second of all it really i think because you're expecting it it really does um make it less interesting when when you finally get that big that quote-unquote big reveal but uh i watched it again for the first time since i'd seen basically this is the second time i've watched it and it's just a really good movie about people that are very lost especially her like she's this woman that is uh, amelia clark she's very lost um she's really just hurt by things that have happened in her life and she there's this really beautiful scene between her and henry golding where she's basically just pouring out her whole heart to him i guess that's not a great choice of words but um but she's just telling him how she really feels about everything that's happened to her with her illness and with her family. And it's just this beautiful moment and it's really poignant. And I think that, I think that some of that beauty of the story got lost in the disappointment that people had over this reveal that was kind of silly and totally predictable. Mm-hmm so yeah well i i think that that is a good place to stop on last christmas (laughs) (laughs) so those are some great holiday recommendations actually some of which i like i say i've not seen and i'm really looking forward to getting into them because i'm on break for the next 10 days oh my god i'm so excited Uh, (laughs) i'm so happy for you so thrilled um so i think that that is going to close us out thank you so much for everyone who's listening and for everyone who responded to the tweet and let us know like more of your favorite christmas films holiday films or just films that you tend to watch around the holidays i mean for some reason james bond movies tend to be a big thing um (laughs) i'm not entirely certain why but this is like it's it's become a tradition uh so you know you can get in touch with us on twitter and instagram at uh, citizen dame pod and of course if you would like to subscribe to our patreon we are very very grateful for that we do have a lot of bonus episodes that have gone up and we've got more coming including our most recent mank episode uh in which we totally do not rip on david fincher whatsoever <laughs> definitely not um and- 
So you can visit us on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash citizen dame. And we want to thank all of our patrons who include Matt, Heather, Adriana, Michael, James, Katie, Cariata, Mason, Matthew, Michelle, Monty, Nanina, Nicole, Robert, Sharon, Steve, Tao, and Will. Uh, and if you want to buy some of our merch, we do have a Zazzle store. That's zazzle.com slash citizen dame pod. Uh, when you can buy masks and t-shirts and buttons and a whole bunch of other things. We are, we also are on Ko-Fi. Uh, that's ko-fi.com slash citizen dame. If you want to throw us a few dollars and don't, but don't feel like making a uh, contribution to the Patreon. And of course you can email us. We are at citizen dame pod at gmail.com and visit our website that's citizendamepod.com where we have reviews we'll have a few more reviews coming up i've got at least one or two that are coming up um, of some blu-rays and another film that i've seen and hopefully more in the new year so you can of course get in touch with us individually a multitude of ways i am on twitter and instagram at lh business karen where are you i am on twitter and instagram at karen m peterson and that noise behind me was my dog. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you guys later. Bye. Oh, no, no, no. I mean a mature man, you know, one with talent and experience. Oh, talent, experience. One that's witty, witty gay, gay, charming, charming attractive. Oh, sure. Where are you going to find such a superman? Don't be so modest. Honey, fellas like that don't... Me? Well, you're not exactly Superman, but you're awfully available. Yeah, now, don't get any ideas, Judy. I'm not the marrying kind. Oh, it's just an engagement. Yeah, well, I'm not the engaging kind either. Well, what kind are you? Well, I'm uh, more the I don't mind pushing my best friend into it, but I'm scared stiff when I get anywhere close to it myself in kind. <laughs> oh.